Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to episode 21 of Boston Strongcast. This episode is going to recap Kevin and Carrie Sachs' experience at the Arnold Sports Classic. Carrie qualified last year at USAPL Raw Nationals to compete at the A7 Pro Raw Challenge, which was held last Friday. So you're going to get to hear everything that happened at the Arnold, how Carrie felt, what's going to happen next for her training cycle. So stick around and let's get stronger together. Hey, this is Kevin Kim with Boston Strongcast. I'm joined today by Kerry Sachs. Hi. Uh, we just got back from the Arnold literally like 36 hours ago. Not even, yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't have any like pre-written questions for this. We're just going to kind of talk about the Arnold and uh, the experiences leading up to it, the meet itself, and then uh, after afterwards. Um, so Kerry... Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, this, is, this like, is what we did for 48 hours together. <laughs> you can't make this up. We just had a guy with a bicycle just walk completely by us to get out another door. Um, so, Carrie, let's talk a little bit about the block leading up. Um, to the Arnold. Um, everything was going pretty good for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, squats and uh, the bench press went pretty good. Um, but there were some snags on the deadlift. Um, kind of go through what was going through your head in the block when the deadlift wasn't going well uh, and going into the Arnold. It was, yes, it was a long road with the deadlift. Um, it was, yeah, bench kept moving well we hit a couple of you know five pound increases in the block so that was good bench moved i felt like it moved really quickly after nationals for a little while um and we were able to push some of it and then it stopped again because it's the bench press um but yeah deads so my deadlift has always been my strongest lift um the one that where i can move the most weight um but I definitely kind of manhandle the weight around, which has worked for a long time on the sumo, but when it gets stuck, it gets stuck. Um, So after nationals, we said that we were going to kind of really tear it down and try and build it back up to be much cleaner form, try and do the sumo the right way. Um, So after nationals, we tore the weight all the way down um, and really started doing just even mostly deadlift to the knees um, and doing it with, I mean, lightweight. I could barely move two plates, um, but really keeping my hips down, chest up, and not letting my back round. Um, and we did that over and over and over and over again for like four to six weeks. Um, and at least. It, at least. But yeah, that initial block. Um, and it definitely did get better. It started moving. I started to be able to feel what that felt like. Um, but it was, it literally took me that long to even move weight off the floor. Um, so I feel like it definitely, we got stuck there for a while and I really didn't touch anything, you know, over even 70% for a really long time. Um, so we got through some of that and then kind of as we came into the new year, um, we 
started to try and put some weight back on it. And I had some good training sessions. I hit 300 for doubles, probably the fastest that's moved um, in there. Kind of trying to keep some of that form, but then also when the weights got heavy of just saying, all right, we'll go pick it up, which I think was a hard combination because we were both trying so hard to drill the form, but then suddenly we had to go pick up heavy weights and I had like, couldn't remember how to pick up heavy weights at that point. Um, you know, and I would have happily thrown everything away to pick weight off the floor and literally couldn't. Um, so during the test, the test yet. So my max, um, that I've hit in competition is 341.6. You're welcome. (laughs) Kevin gets really mad when I say it's 342. Um, so that was what I hit at nationals last year. Um, and then during the test, the first week, um, things were moving a little slowly and a little shaky, um, but they were moving okay. And then I got to 325 and it did not break the floor at all. Like I literally just like thought something had gone wrong and I kind of looked around, just went back up to the bar and tried to do it again and it still didn't move. Um, so we were able to come back and pull 315 mostly because I was so angry I couldn't see straight. Um, and then we were like, all right, let's try and give it a week off and see how that goes. So we gave it a week off and then decided to retest. Um, and 295 was fine. And then I went to go do 315 and 315 didn't break four. Um, and so at that point, I mean, I was definitely very frustrated and all, and you know, I kind of had to accept that I wasn't going to be able to lift my max at the meet. Um, and eventually kind of came to terms with that and decided it was okay. Like, you know, we were going to go out there, getting to be on the platform was the cool thing. Um, but coming into the new block, I think what we really did was we tried to focus so much on the technique. Um, and it meant that I both lost, um, lost some of the strength and then just the ability to handle those heavy weights because we didn't touch them for months. Yeah, and I think, you know, from, and me and Carrie have actually talked about this a little bit. A lot. Um, a lot. <laughs> uh, after national, so she has this problem in the deadlift where when the weight gets heavy, the knees start to straighten, they come in a little bit, and the back rounds quite a bit. So it's actually changing uh, position. So we made the decision to after nationals, like she said, to like really take a step back and clear up the technique. So I think, you know, and a lot of a lot of what happened was when she took the two ninety five the when was this the week before? Right? Uh, was, ten days out, something ten yeah. days out. So when she took two ninety five ten days out, her back wasn't rounding. It's the first time I've ever seen that happen on underneath. <laughs> that high of a weight. Um, so I think she was kind of stuck in this little in between pocket of when you start changing technique and fixing things, there's always a step backwards to take two steps forwards. However, there was probably a nicer balance that we could have utilized in training a little bit where, you know, we have a technique day where we work on it, but you know, we still need to get after it at times. Yeah. And after nationals, you know, because the next big meet, the real big meet in my head, I was like, it's 12 months out. It doesn't matter. Let's just fix this now and then we can worry about building it back up for October. But, you know, when you get the Arnold thrown in there, and we should have left some some more heavy days in there um, moving forward. But it was what it was. There were some good things to take away. Yeah. 
Um, 281, you got called for depth, even though it wasn't high. It's okay. The Instagram community has decided that I have depth, <laughs> and so that is really what's most important. But, I mean, no, there's, like, part of that that's us being snarky of being, like, you know, we really think that it was depth. And then there's also some of that, of the, all right, if that's where depth is going to get called, then we got to throw the squat yeah. half an inch lower. Like, you know, we can complain all day long about that I had three really good judges. If two of them thought it was high, I got to throw it slightly lower. Yeah, absolutely. But the 281 moved a lot faster than 270 even moved at yeah, nationals. Yeah, it's the best 281s move. So um, I was really happy about that. 126 didn't move off your chest at nationals. It looked like an opener at the Arnold. So there, there's some good things to take away. Um, and we'll get to what we're going to do with the deadlifts in a little bit. But I want you to go over how it was competing. It was awesome. It was so fun. It was, it was, I mean, the, I had no idea what to expect. I mean, I don't think any of us ever been there, really understood what it was. You know, we kind of had this idea that it was a really big meet. Um, I had been in nationals for the first time in October. And so that was my first really, you know, national level um, powerlifting competition. And that was, you know, it was really cool. You had, it was huge. Everything was powerlifting. It was very, uh, almost liberating just thinking about powerlifting for five days. Like it, it, that was really cool coming to the Arnold. I didn't really know what to expect. It was also slightly different in the lead up to it, that it was only me. Um, I am a very team centered person. And so leading up to nationals, you know, I had been doing it with Danielle, with Nick, with Dave. And so we were all really like focused on it together the Arnold almost snuck up on me more. Like I was working so hard for it, but it was, you know, I was the only one going. Um, but we went, it's so much fun. Um, like everyone there is just incredibly high level is very, very professional. They know what they're doing. Um, and the powerlifting community, I mean, it's tiny and, 99% 99% of it is incredibly supportive. Um, and everyone really wants to be there. Everyone's having a lot of fun. I was honestly more intimidated. So we did equipment check and registration on the Thursday. And I was more intimidated standing in line and literally looking around. It's every single one of your Instagram idols is waiting in line with you to register. Um, it's just me, Carrie. It's just, yeah, and Kevin and my dad. Um, <laughs> uh, but that was like almost the most surreal part. And literally like when we were waiting in line, I was like, Oh, okay. Dana Lynn Bailey. Yes. You go right ahead. You know, like it's different, different people who you don't usually rub shoulders with. Um, but then when we actually went to go lift on Friday, one, I then just felt much more comfortable because it's lifting. We do lifting all the time. I know how to do lifting, but it was the most organized, fun, happy, positive warm-up room I've ever been in because everyone knew exactly what they were doing. They knew how to time out all of their warm-ups. Everyone was confident. They knew they were going to go hit their lifts. You know, even at nationals, we saw people dumping weight in the warm-up room, which is just multiple times disconcerting. Um, and you know, it's back there. Everyone was having fun. This is a meet that people go to because it's fun because it's show off and it's awesome. Um, and so, you know, it was, it was just really, really enjoyable. And then it was well run. And the whole thing is so hypey and it's big and it's loud and you go out on stage and Jennifer Thompson was my head judge. Like that's so freaking cool. That was probably why I hit my 126 so easily. For sure. <laughs> um, 
So that was awesome. And, you know, it was the whole flight of 52s was so much fun. Like we, you know, very supportive. Everyone wanted to be there together. And it was, you know, I mean, I went earlier in the flight on every single one than I ever have. You know, I got more red lights at this meet, I think, than I have in a long time. Um, And it didn't really matter. Like it was awesome. The first time really being at that level being able to step up on that platform and vaguely feel like I belonged there was pretty cool. I'm pretty sure our first meet together you went six for nine and got way more red Well, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> almost, almost a year apart. Uh, like even, even as a coach, like it was a, it was a cool experience. Um, just seeing like, I remember, so for your squats, I don't know if it was because the expo wasn't open yet, but all the seats were filled. And then like, there was this big walkway in the back and everything was broken off into pods. And like the amount of people watching the lifting, I was like, Carrie, give me that headband. I'm going to smash 280 on a squat as Carrie Sachs. Um, but yeah, it was, a, it was a really cool environment. It made me want to lift uh, being there. I think I had more of an adrenaline dump watching the Arnold, like watching Ray Williams squat a thousand pounds. <laughs> I did competing myself. Was, um, and, and yeah, and I, everyone was, so excited and it was just you know walking around the whole thing um you know it's everyone who gets off on the same stuff you do everyone who wants to work out who wants to talk about the same things like you very much felt part of the community and it was fun having powerlifting be a part of that and it was i feel like in some other things i mean Shit, we even see it just within powerlifting of whether it's USAPL versus RPS or, you know, CrossFit versus powerlifting. Like, sometimes it can be very, you know, us or them. The Arnold is just like this ridiculous mismatch of everything all over the place. <laughs> and there are people, you know, ripping enormous deadlifts, people lifting equipped, people who haven't eaten in 16 days who are doing bodybuilding. And men in crop tops. There were men. And there were people <laughs> in sparkly leotards doing Olympic lifting. I still don't know what that uh, one was. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Um, but it was, and just everyone was there and together, and it was awesome. It's really cool. It's really cool. <laughs> definitely, I think it was definitely a good experience. Um, so, moving forward, there's obviously some things that we need to correct because, you know, I know people always talk like, oh, you know, all three lifts aren't going to go up at one time and strength's not linear, but it doesn't mean you shouldn't be analyzing what's happening and making some adjustments and figuring out. Um, a way to improve upon the things that didn't go as expected. Like the sport of powerlifting or strength sports in general, it's just, it's, it's all theory. So like, Oh, we can't predict where you're going to be in 12 weeks. It's impossible for us to know that. So, you know, you, you try to put your best guess forward and you never want when something doesn't work, you know, to just not do anything. You also don't want to just blow everything up. And do everything different because like, and I was saying this to Carrie in the gym earlier, one thing at a time so you can see what effect it has and you can make adjustments. It's, it's more not necessarily focusing on the next four months, but focusing on the next two decades as well. Like, you know, if you think of the bigger picture, sometimes it helps kind of reframe your focus and not worry about stuff as much. I mean, you still worry about it in the in the present because it's like, what the fuck just happened? Like, <laughs> I, this, I don't understand why, why this, this doesn't happen. <laughs> and it just it kind of plays the unpredictable nature of the sport in general. So moving forward with the deadlifts uh, for the next six weeks, Carrie is just going to be pulling conventional. 
Please feel free to come and laugh at me <laughs> trying to pull conventional. So, you know, I think there's a couple of things with this one. You know, usually when you see the back rounding off the floor and the weight gets heavy, it's a sign that there's either weak erectors or weak hips. Um, so the deadlift's going to kind of help build up those weak, the conventional deadlift's going to help build up those weak muscle groups. Plus with skill acquisition, if you do something. So she's done nothing but the sumo deadlift since September, with me anyway, since September of... 2016 2016 so i think taking a break for an extended period of time you get a regression in that skill and then when you bring it back in and she goes through that process of figuring it back out again you get another jump uh with the technique and stuff so i think the combination of those two things plus where we were focusing so much on technique and not really getting after getting after it in the gym as much as probably what we should have I think the conventional deadlift just by nature is a more get after it type of lift. So it can kind of help. Yeah, (laughs) 100%. (laughs) So it can kind of help just kind of refocus that attention on just lifting. Um, You know, obviously I'm going to make sure you're lifting in a good position, but I really don't give a shit what your conventional deadlift looks like like at the end of the day. Just grip it and rip it till you can hit 315. There we go. That's going to be the goal. (laughs) Um, But I think bridging that gap is going to be some carryover. And we had um, talked about some of the other things too for adding in just like additional of that posterior chain strength, trying to build all of that back up. Like I think that we did a lot of work. What was that? We did a lot of work on technique, and then like the accessories that we have done. It, I don't. I there are back builders in there, but it's not always the focus. And so I think that'll be good. And I think doing those really heavy will be good and help to build that up so when we have good mornings we have cb good mornings we have hypers we have the weird snatchy grippy Snatch slow grip thing. slow lowering um, like all of that stuff i you know i used to be able to use my back and rip 340 pounds off the ground i can't now and not that i should revert back to that by any means but gaining some of that strength back yeah but even then i don't think you lost strength in the back as your back rounded incredibly off the floor i think there are a number of things that like came into this one you know and when we were just focusing so much on the technique of the deadlift we lifted heavy with the squat like we pushed the intensity a lot more than we typically do and in my head i felt that that would be enough to maintain because at the end of the day it works the same muscles so i felt to be enough to maintain strength in the deadlift obviously that didn't happen and the squat blew up um so i think you know if we take some things that we were doing for the squat that's made that um continually prog like have progress yeah, over time growth on the yeah we never really went backwards um yeah knock on wood <laughs> uh so we'll start adding that in but i think part of the problem is too is your squat's gone up what like 60 pounds in the last year in competition in competition 60 pounds uh, 50 but yeah 50 pounds so you know constantly hitting those prs again those new squat numbers i think has accumulated a little bit of fatigue by the time we get it to the deadlift, it's just, you know, and we're just constantly just being in that poor position as the weight gets heavy in training. Uh, so another thing that we're going to start to do is we're going to, instead of doing three days per week, Carrie's schedule now allows her to do four. So we can push off. So the way that we were doing it before, day one's always a squat and bench day. Day two is deadlift and bench. And then day three for Carrie, because she was doing three days a week, was a squat, bench, and deadlift day. And, you know, that's how a meet runs. And I don't, 
regret scheduling it this way. I think works well for most, but I think where her numbers are a little bit heavier, um, like her skill level in the sports a little bit higher. It just didn't work so well trying to do all three heavy on that third day. Cause by the time she got to the deadlifting and trying to accumulate enough volume that it just, it ended up looking like garbage a lot. And I think it tired her out a bit. Um, and I think moving that deadlift to a fourth day, you still have some lingering accumulated fatigue that's going to happen throughout the course of the week. But I think, you know, doing it fresh and getting after a little bit on that day and we can do more fatigued sets on the day two, I think is going to, you know, really help refocus things a little bit. Um, plus two, where we're pulling conventional, it's a little harder to recover from because there's more back in it. I think it'll help uh, not beat her up too much um but you know even at the time doing the three days it's like you're resting more during the week than you're lifting mm-hmm. um so you know I, I i felt comfortable enough pushing it and i still feel comfortable enough pushing it but i think adding in the fourth day is going to help for a number of reasons especially for recovery yeah um you know that we're going there and this block after the arnold too you know i I do things just a hair differently. I, you know, after competition, a lot of coaches are like, it should be a lot of variations, your off season and stuff. And I agree with that. However, we push that off a little bit. So tonight you did what? 70% for some triples on the squat and 70% triples on the bench press, right? So they're both competition lifts. So anytime you add in a new stimulus, it's the very first day that you add that in, it's the hardest for the lifter to recover from. So it's after a meet, so I really want this week and next week to be kind of really light weeks. So I'm keeping the competition lifts in and just doing them really light because that's what we've been doing for a long period of time. So this would be easy for Kerry to get back into the groove, recover, and then we'll start adding the variations. The conventional deadlift's coming in right away, but that's the only only change of the program. It's probably going to be really light um, compared to her sumo deadlift. It (laughs) probably will not feel light. Um, You know, we'll see how that goes. On Wednesday, um, yeah, and you know, I think for the bench press, we saw some things that I think worked after nationals. We lifted a lot heavier on the bench press, yeah, and the feet up spoto press, I think, really helped get that because it was a lot faster. Like 121 was a grind off your chest at nationals, 126 flew off your yeah, chest, exactly. No, at the Arnold and that was the one variation that we like really changed up and added in and kept in for a prolonged period of time. Uh, so we'll probably take it out for a little bit, uh, but we'll add that one back in. And so with the setup that we have now, we can use bands again. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna start throwing that in on the bench just to kind of like get aggressive and keep that in, but we can keep the bar weight a little bit, a little bit lower with that. And just being able to do some different things. Like my bench is not very, Interesting. It moves fast until it's not. It's hard to work heavy enough and hard enough before it stops moving right. to actually gain enough. Like if I do a true 80% for doubles, I'm literally not working anything because it's so light. So I think that was a great thing that we did after nationals is we made kind of what my new pseudo percentages would be. Yeah. Um, is almost RPE scaled. Uh, yeah. In some ways. In some, but of just, you know, how 80 and 85% theoretically should move. We were actually using, you know, 90 and 94%. Um, 
And so I think that was good. I think, yeah, doing some of that other things with long pauses, with bands, with um, the rap, whatever the new block thing yeah, is. Yeah. Um, and doing that, being able to just move some of that heavier weight. It's, it's really hard to move out of having such a tiny, tiny, tiny bench press. Yeah, and like bench, bench PRs are just they're harder to come by. They take longer to get. And like you're saying, like the weight, it's fast until it's not like we need to find a way in training to teach you how to grind out a, a bench attempt. Yeah. Like it's not that you're not trying to, it's that we don't practice it because <laughs> we don't have the means. I don't, you know, we need to figure out a way, you know, so touch and go bench press might come in there. The bands will help, will help with that aspect. But one of the things that I've actually, so like Kerry mentioned, we were almost using like an RPE scale on the bench press by assigning 80 and 85%. Uh, different numbers than what they really were to one rep max. And I've actually been doing this with Kina a little bit. So um, she'll take, so the other day she took 275 on the squat for doubles. Um, and that for a percentage, it's actually like 91.6%. But basically I have her go up on a double till it looks like there's the right amount of strain for what I'm looking for. Um, and even then there's no technique breakdown. It looks smooth. It looks hard, like towards the end, like there's, there's some decent strain. Um, but what that'll be is moving forward. So that was supposed to be 85%. So moving forward, her 85% will be 275 pounds until I say otherwise. So one of, one of the downfalls I think of RPE is, you know, it gives the lifter too much freedom to add weight when it's not appropriate. So here at least, and every time you're adding weight, right, you're adding bar weight, it becomes more stressful, more stressful, more stressful. You run the risk of injury, technique starts falling apart, you can run into some overtraining and peak too soon. Um, so what I've been doing with her is keeping that in there. So for three or four weeks, she'll just hit those heavier numbers for doubles, for doubles, for doubles. It'll move in different positions in the, uh, in the program. So it might be day one, Week one, it might be the second squat session, day one, week two. It might go to day three, week three. Like, it'll move in and out, and there'll be different volume things um, before it, after it, whatever. Um, but that'll be, like, the standard in her program, and that's what I look to see if she's progressing. So the first time she does it compared to what it looks like three or four weeks yeah. later, it should be much easier. Um, so I've been doing some of that, and I'm going to give – uh, so Kerry's going to be doing the same thing with her top sets on, we typically, so if we squat twice, one of the days is a heavier day. The other day is more of a repetition technique day. So on that heavier day, there'll be a little bit more leeway, but she can only add weight to the bar if I say so. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to be really nice to Kevin on that day. <laughs> so there will be like designated numbers. So if we take 80% for triples and it's two plates or something, it looks too easy and we go 235, 240, that'll be the new 80%. And then we'll still make a normal 5% jump from there for 85%. Um, we'll do that till it looks better. And then when it looks really easy, same thing, but we won't do it too soon. Um, we'll do that with all the lifts eventually. Um, in the beginning, though, I kind of programmed the deadlift as if you pulled conventional and those were your weakness. Like you have deadlift plus deadlift below the knees conventional, right, yeah. to strengthen the back and stuff. Um, so we'll do that with, uh, with the squat and the bench almost right away, like two, three weeks into it, and then the deadlift four or five weeks in. Uh, we'll start pulling that pretty heavy conventional and uh, we'll work the sumo sumo back into that. And then after April, I'm going to have all of the national level lifters do that. So their heavier days, we're going to push 
a little bit. So there's usually like two or three sets that they'll have a little bit of leeway and we'll find that baseline of what we want and then we'll go from there. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, it's powerlifting. How much, can, you know, there's not that much, there's not that much to it at the end of the day. Um, let them know about your axe throwing experience. Oh yeah, that went, that went well. Um, part of the things that are really cool with Arnold is you get to go and, I mean, there's literally everything. There's body painting. Um, we did not actually see the pole dancing, Amy, in case you were worried. We did not actually go and find them. Um, but one of the things that they do have is axe throwing. And apparently this there's like actually a thing that you can win a belt in and there are people who come from like all over the world to come and do axe throwing who knew so you could line up and um do it yourself and so when we were waiting for the pro-am on saturday morning i went with my dad and my friend caroline to go and do axe throwing which was like literally the one thing that my dad had said all weekend that he wanted to go do um as so you go in and they like dutifully teach you how to throw the axe um and my dad was actually really good at it and my dad like there's a video that's gotten way more likes than anything I posted on Facebook <laughs> of him throwing it like nailing it in there and it's like really satisfying and really cool it's close to the bullseye it's like pretty good um and then there's the video of me doing it which so you like you put two hands on it you put it over your head and this was the day after I competed so I was still like super skinny I had muscles <laughs> popping out like I looked pretty good and so I threw the axe like pulled the axe up over my head like I look like I'm strong and you're gonna hit it and throw it forward and one I throw like such a girl and two it goes straight into the ground uh yeah it's pretty bad so we're gonna stick to the um weights and we're gonna stay away from the axes <laughs> uh but it was you know it's cool stuff like that that you can just like go and do Columbus is actually pretty fun we went and had a really good dinner one night um and hung out and ice cream oh that ice cream there was like a I don't know, some kind of like homemade ice cream and they it was froze. So there was frozen yogurt that was rose and then they also just had like wicked good ice creams. And I had three and a half scoops in a waffle cone and it was <laughs> I've eaten so many carbs since then, literally nothing but carbs. Um, but it was awesome. And I, and like everyone was so supportive, both at the Arnold and from here at home, like all of precision powerlifting was awesome and sent me with a ridiculous amount of candy as well as everyone just been like so supportive and it was pretty cool. Like really felt like we were going as a team and you know, it was fun to kind of trailblaze for the team. There's going to be a bunch of us coming up there next year and it, it makes it exciting coming into nationals knowing we're going to, you know, go rep with a big team. Um, and it, you know, it's pretty cool to see that. Like I love being here. I actually really love local meets. I think they're really fun. You get to, you know, really be a part of it. You know, every single person. And then it was cool to go and see the complete other side of it as well. Um, so our little sport, we're doing stuff. I think one of the coolest things was in the warm up room and stuff. Like I didn't have any service. So like I was trying to get Carrie's third squad video so I could go yell at Dave Ricks for giving her a red light. Right <laughs> out for, for but like nothing would come through. But when I finally got service, I was tagging so many like Insta stories of people here at home watching it on the live yeah. stream, like at work. And like Nick was watching it in here while he was lifting here at the gym. <laughs> like it, it was pretty cool to see that like you know even though they weren't there they were they, they were there 
Yeah, and there were a few of my favorite things from the Instagram stories and from the live stream were, one, when Kevin was desperate to get my third squat, the person who sent it to him is Beth, who is the newest member of our team, who has only been powerlifting for less than a couple of months, and the fact that she wanted to take time out of her day to watch the live stream and then rip out the video and be the first person to send it to Kevin was pretty awesome. Um, the second one was Danielle Bond is a teacher and don't listen if you're her superintendent but um (laughs) she put the live stream up in her class and was teaching all of her kids about competitive sports and so they could watch it and literally had all of her kids like send me good luck videos which i all got right before my squat which was pretty awesome um And then one of my very favorite things was when I got out of lifting, I was scrolling through Instagram stories and watching them. And um, so came across Meg Scanlon's and we hadn't actually seen her yet. Um, But I was like, oh, Meg's here because she's filming the powerlifting. And then Meg had filmed one of my deadlifts um, and threw it in her Instagram story. So when I felt famous and then to (laughs) send me a message afterwards and was like, you look at home on that stage. And that was like probably my favorite thing that anyone said to me all weekend. Thanks, Meg. Um, so it's pretty cool. It's, you know, I mean, it. We, we've all said it a whole bunch, but like most meets, you know, the reward is how much can you lift on the stage? How much can you show off everything you've done? Whatever else. The reward for this was everything that we've put in all the hard work, all the help that I've gotten over the last three plus years is getting the invitation to stand on that stage and getting to go out there and do it. And, you know, I warmed up the platform for Ray for the next day. That was yeah. 69 pounds on me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but that's the thing, right? You're standing on the same platform with the largest raw squat in ever, history ever was hit. Like, I think those experiences make you a better lifter more than going out and hitting PR lifts on a platform. The people you're lifting with, the people you're lifting around, um, like just being surrounded by that level of lifter can only kind of take that line and expectations and kind of push it, push it a little harder. And um, I think those experiences are great. I mean, literally on Saturday when I was hand, I was handling Meg in the SBD Pro American I was in the middle of Ray Williams L.S. McLean, Kelly Brim Chad Wesley Smith and Ed Cohen I literally had to tap Ed Cohen on the shoulder to get him out of my way so I could get to a warm up area and like in my head I was like this is so sick but I was like I'm, I'm going to pretend I don't even know who he is so I was like excuse me dude and then I <laughs> Like I watched my, play cool. <laughs> like, you know, just like that's the type of atmosphere that like no matter what you're lifting on that platform, just being surrounded by that is a it's a great experience, I think, in general. And I think, you know, having to meet this soon after nationals, it taught me a few things like one. Yes, technique is important. I still feel it's the most important thing. But there's a breaking point where. It can't, you can't forget about what we're doing as a sport. Um, our goal is to go out there and lift heavy and we can't forget about that in training. So we're gonna make some adjustments, adjustments there. Um, yeah, I think, you know, overall, it was a good experience for everyone. I think them watching you lift also sets the bar for us a little bit because Nick's like, 
texting me in the middle of the See meets and he's like what's the atmosphere like there like i want to go next year dave texting me the same things like i, I want to go next year like it's gonna be dave's favorite place in the entire world <laughs> like he knew what he needed for a total to get there at, at nationals and uh so i think you know it's setting the bar for the entire team at the same time and i think that's pretty cool uh, we haven't been around that long. Somebody left anything around. It's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Um, any final thoughts? They gave up participation medals at the Arnold, and it's like the one participation medal I will happily be very, very proud of because, you know, it is like, and it's cool that it's recognized that way. It's like the reward is going, is the fact that we got to go. It was super awesome. 70% today felt really heavy. (laughs) Um, And, you know, I I think it's a nice balance of recognizing that, saying it was a really, really cool experience, but also wanting to turn around and say, all right, but how do we make it better? You know, only more to grow, more to do. And being around all those other super strong 52s and 47s is just like, all right. And 57s and 63s and 120 pluses. Okay, shut up. Don't, you can't, you can't. All weight classes are strong. (laughs) And men and the equip lifters and everything else. Um, But no, it was really cool. I felt very lucky to go to have that much support going. Um, and then to come back and, you know, we turn around, we go right back to work. All good things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Getting right back into it. All right. Speaking of, I'm going to go watch a couple more lifts and then I'm going to go home and eat dinner. Woo. All right. Stay strong, Boston. Eat carbs.